Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crack and One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crack and One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Daniel. And I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet just can't get enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Today, we're excited to share our initial reactions and theories for the next couple episodes of The Bad Batch. The episodes were written by Sabir Pirzada and Jennifer Corbett. They were directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and Saul Ruiz. This is our official spoiler warning for these episodes and pretty much all things Star Wars, if you don't know that by now. It's there. We're going to spoil a lot of things. Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I had to say it. (laughs) Blasphemy. (laughs) Somehow Palpatine has returned. Okay. So if you're ready, grab a drink from the mess and try to stay warm. I can't right now. It's 28 degrees in Minnesota. As we discuss the Bad Batch Season 2 episodes, Metamorphosis and The Outpost. Let's punch it with our episode recap. Okay, so we're starting with a shuttle coming out of hyperspace. A commando is running through the corridors, super panicked. He falls and something unseen and very, very creepy attacks him. This is not the space mission y'all want to be on. (laughs) Nope. And then we get that shot of just like his like electro staff just like falling to the ground. Yeah. Or if it's horror movie shot. Yeah. Great camera angles in this episode. I loved how this was shot. So we cut to the planet Wayland. (laughs) (laughs) as we all chuckle in legends dr hemlock interesting name arrives and visits nalase in her cell the caminoan is still not willing to cooperate with hemlock's scientific efforts one of the scientists emery carr approaches and informs hemlock of the opening shuttle having lost communications whoopsies the doctor is concerned and orders a retrieval team to go get the asset so the Bad Batch are having a hollow chat with Sid, talking about, hey, you know, why did you leave us behind? And she doesn't seem to understand, you know, why they're mad. Come on, it's just business. I had other things going on. Yeah, okay, Sid. Okay. <laughs> so she offers them a new job, perfect, to salvage a downed cargo shuttle. Uh, they have to do some negotiating, but she ups their percentage to 50%, uh, which feel like it should have been that beforehand but okay there are also like six of them and one of her yeah right like come on she also warns though they better not come back without the loot so thank you boss after (laughs) hanging up tech tech suggests that that should be their last job for sid (laughs) and notes that she only sent coordinates for the shuttle not any any indication of what the cargo is uh, so Red flags. <laughs> yeah, come on, Sid. Maybe give us a little bit better info on our, you know, Maya Koopa job. Uh, so they find the crash shuttle. They get inside and they find signs of struggle, including claw marks. They find no signs of the crew, and Omega finds a lab that is full of Kaminoan tech. 
a medical droid manages to tell the batch that there is danger, which, Shocking. you know, you think they should have known from the walls. Yes, yeah. all the scratches on the walls and the cloning tanks and everything else. So now it's the dark, but the true the crew, they finally encounter the ship's cargo. And I don't know if this is what you guys were expecting. I wasn't quite sure at this point, but it is a young Zillow beast. Yep. We are getting closure. We are getting closure <laughs> on the Zillow Beast arc. Yes. <laughs> Madness. This has been since what? Was it season one or season two, two. of the Clone Wars? Yeah, it's freaking yeah. A. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. Been a long time. <laughs> the creature is feeding on the ship and the and all of its equipment's power supplies, and each time it does, it manages to grow in size. Omega volunteers to try and get the ship online so that they can kind of get into its databanks and see if there's any information on this freaking creature and how to kill it slash subdue it. Although the Zilla Beast manages to get out of the ship and head towards a nearby village. Once there, it straight up just starts feeding on that village's power generators, like the full-on power station, and keeps growing till it becomes Godzilla-sized. Yeah, it's a big boy. (laughs) Yes, goes from a little baby boy to a big boy. As the Zilla Beast is attacking the village, the Empire arrives. They have a couple of Star Destroyers. They have specialized weapons. They do manage to subdue and capture the, the creature while the Bad Batch manages to escape, blowing up a couple of prototype fighters in the process. Tech informs the crew. He finally manages to crack the encryption around all the data and talks about how the Zilla Beast is part of the Empire's continued cloning efforts, which started under the Republic also suggesting that maybe they destroyed Camino not to stop cloning, but to take control of it. Yeah. Hunter and Hunter just kind of muses that this is probably something worth sharing with Echo and Rex. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Rex is going to be like, the Zillow beast? Oh, I remember him. It's <laughs> 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 not, not a good thing, remembering the Zillow oh, beast. Man. It's freaking huge. Emery informs Dr. Hemlock that the asset is secured in Mount Tantus. He is pleased and has Lamassu, the former prime minister of Camino, brought to him. He tells the Caminion that he needs help securing Nalase's cooperation. Hmm. Lamassu informs the doctor that there is one particular clone, Omega, that he can secure in order to convince Nalase to cooperate. Because that's that's her baby girl. Yeah. That's her daughter. This is going to be very sad if they get her. Ooh. Ugh. The two sit down to discuss details. Freaking Lamasu snaking his way out of stuff. Out of a prison cell. Every he single is time. The man. worst. Mm. He is terrible. <laughs> uh, I do have to admit, when we giggled about the pl- uh, planet Wayland, mm. I was laughing because I realized it reminded me of Wayland Utani. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. exactly what I, I totally, was giggling about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I you had said something about legends, and I was like. Oh no, did I miss something about Legends? Should I just laugh along and let this go? Mount Tantus no. originally. Yeah, we talked yeah, we talked about Mount Tantus. Yeah. We talked about Mount Tantus before. Um, exactly. They showed up in Wayland and then Mount Tantus <laughs> and then Wayland Utani. Uh <laughs> this is fine. Oh, Everything's goodness. fine. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna go perfect places. Uh, so the next episode, though, The Outpost, starts with Crosshair being reassigned with Lieutenant Nolan. Ooh, one of our new mm. favorite characters. Uh, I think Pong Crow level of <laughs> we love this man. I'm pretty uh, sure he played lacrosse in high school. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not just played lacrosse. He actively, like, that was the only thing he did, talked about, like, 
it was the only clothing yeah. he wore. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was his whole life. His yeah. first name is Jared. <laughs> Jared <laughs> Nolan, the lacrosse playing Imperial. Yeah, he's the best. We he's not handsome him. enough to be a Chad. <laughs> so Crosshair is off with Lieutenant Jared Nolan to an outpost on Barton 4. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, corrected myself. They actually uh, go to they, Minnesota. I those cliffs yeah. are definitely close by where I live. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's my backyard. This is cool. Yeah. Uh so they arrive on the snowy planet of Minnesota, uh, aka Barton 4, and they meet the local commander, a clone named Mayday, who has Hottie a alert. rocking beard. Hottie he is a alert. rocking beard. <laughs> Yeah, I texted I like, you both immediately. I was like, yeah. "Fire, hot, clone with yeah. beard." <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was. Uh, so Mayday informs Nolan that they are totally understaffed because raiders keep killing his squad, and Nolan blames Mayday for this and implies that he will pay the price. Which, like, what the fuck, man? Nolan, Nolan sucks just, so hard. He just doesn't like clones. Yeah, he doesn't like used equipment. Uh, so Crosshair and Mayday introduce themselves, and Mayday talks about the unforgiving environment and how it's affected their sensors. While this is going on, raiders attack the outpost. The attack kills Mayday's two remaining troopers, Veach and Hex, so RIP boys. Uh, Mayday and Crosshair are sent out to recover the crates that the raiders stole, but Nolan refuses to commit any other resources to the effort. Look, I guess he is a great boss. I, I get that Nolan's a dick, but I swear to God, it looked like they only took like two crates. And it's just yeah. like, is like, this really yeah. worth the effort? Right. Well, whatever the principle they took of the before, matter, I guess. But yeah. yeah, it's the principle of the matter. They made me feel small. So yes. I need someone to make me feel big again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so on this mission, they do ma- they do manage to catch up with the raiders, and Mayday is like visibly very pissed because these raiders are wearing the armor of his fallen comrades. Like they looted the armor off the dead troopers and are wearing it. Mm-hmm. After a firefight, they do manage to recover the crates, and it turns out they're filled with new stormtrooper armor. And again, I don't get it. These crates are literally like. They're almost like handheld ones. Like, these are tiny crates. This can't be that much armor. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, their fight also triggered an avalanche. And Mayday manages to kind of shove Crosshair out of the way and save him. But he is very gravely injured. After Crosshair digs the two of them out a little bit and gets Mayday back to base, Nolan refuses to let a medic try and save Mayday's life. Because he's an asshole. Mm, I was not okay at this point. <laughs> I and was he not... keeps looking at Crosshair and he's just like, don't you understand? You are expendable. No one cares. Mm-hmm. And this is finally, after all this time, the final straw for Crosshair. <laughs> he snaps, oh, y'all. He snaps and he kills Lieutenant Nolan. I didn't shoot him in the back. There was much rejoicing. <laughs> Yeah, there was much rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, I was a good, absolutely. <laughs> and completely exhausted, Crosshair collapse. When he wakes up, he's in a lab being tended to by who else? Dr. Emery mm. Kerr or Dr. Mm. Emery Carr. And she tells him if he cooperates, he might just survive. 
No. I don't <laughs> like where this is going. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Reactions and favorite moments for us for these episodes. I thought they were both fantastic. I know earlier in our run for this, we were talking about how the episodes were like episodic episode of the week, monster of the week kind of situations. Not really mad that the monster of this week turned out to be the Zillow beast. Pretty happy about that, in fact. (laughs) And then the outpost was just absolutely fantastic. One of the best 30 minutes of Star Wars I think I've ever seen. Like they've just done an excellent job showing Crosshair's very slow progression from the quote unquote good clone who always follows orders to someone who's finally realizing just how replaceable he is. Like, he knows he has special skills, and he was used to being part of the Bad Batch, who have a special skills. And now he finds out that he's just the cog in the machine, basically. Very sad, but also very cathartic when he shoots that motherfucker right in the chest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really liked the final music from the outpost. It was so impactful. I listened through the entire credits. A lot of times I'll click off, but this was just fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Gotta shout out the poor Zillow baby. He just wanted mm-hmm. to eat. Baby boy just wanted to grow. He just like, wanted those Duracells. Yeah. I did guess that it was the Zillow after seeing it. It's full body. I was like, well, it doesn't look like the Zillow, but this has got to be the Zillow, right? Mm-hmm. But I was really sad to be right because then he just gets captured and put in that tank. And it's just yeah. sad. He's just a poor, just a poor little dragon. <laughs> he doesn't deserve this treatment. <laughs> Daniel, how about you? So I uh, I really enjoy, like we were talking about, how Monster of the Week, it's fun and all. I want there to be some sort of impact. And this is exactly the kind of way you do a Monster of the Week story, but still have it, you know, impact the characters. It We saw some more terrible things from the Empire. Like it, even though it was a Monster of the Week, didn't really progress the main plot forward, quote unquote. It still, it still felt like it was worth having. And so I really enjoyed the episode. I felt like it was a fun adventure. This is the kind of stuff that I want to see on off weeks. Um, so I really loved it. Um, and then they do a really good job at introducing one-off clones for you to fall in love with. And then something bad to happen to. Uh, screw you guys absolutely great episode mayday you're gonna be a king in my heart forever mm-hmm. lieutenant nolan you know salute to you sir you're just a proper imperial um <laughs> i i have to say that otherwise i'm gonna go off on like a five minute rant about how i want to murder him um okay, so that's how they do a really good character yeah mm-hmm. um and i just i really like poor crosshair just wanted to be a good soldier following orders keep his head down and do what he knows and he tried so hard he couldn't go with the batch anymore because they were going against orders so he went to the empire and he tried hard there and even doing what he was supposed to he still got screwed over and i i've really been satisfied watching his arc and i'm really excited to see where it goes get away from him you glasses wearing bitch you think <laughs> you me. think you can pull off those glasses hey i'm a glasses wearing bitch too but that but yeah. scientist lady walking in there wearing 
tech-like glasses. Only tech mm-hmm. gets to wear those around him, okay? Mm-hmm. Back away. I don't like you, Miss Carr. And I'm not going to say doctor because you don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm going to echo a lot of what you guys said. I just want a pair. What a pair of episodes. I know right? we were... I was a little nervous um, going into these because of how the Bad Batch doesn't tend to get as much press as a lot of other Star Wars TV. It's mm-hmm. just kind of it's just kind of there. And I was like, hey, what's it going to be like when The Mandalorian starts airing and it's kind of overshadows? But these were just absolutely incredibly written, incredibly produced episodes that are also kind of perfect for it's like, oh, you're already here watching The Mandalorian. Maybe you want to check out this other show. New episode dropped at the same time. And it's just, it's incredible to potentially win over some skeptics who are like, eh, whatever, that's animation. Like, doesn't matter. It's a great um, point I hadn't thought about. Yeah. I thought of it Here, just now as crimes. we've been talking. <laughs> Here, have some more. <laughs> yeah, have some more crimes. I think the outpost outshone the first season, first episode of Mando in every way. Like, I enjoyed Mando, but then I watched the outpost and it was like, this is what Star Wars. Well, so the night before, uh, Jennifer Corbett had tweeted out like a "You've been asking for it. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Here it comes." And I was just like, "So ominous. What the fuck's about to happen?" Right. <laughs> oh, they're gonna so, break our hearts. That's yes. fine. <laughs> Two of the best episodes this season have been crosshair episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's the oh. most interesting out of the Bad Batch. Yeah. I mean. It doesn't have to be, but he's the one that they've yeah. developed. He's yeah. the one that they've given the most layers to, that they've given kind of that most depth to. The others, yeah. while while we have gotten some great character moments from the others, from the others this season and last season too, mm-hmm. um, they're still kind of stuck as archetypes. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the kind of archetype crosshair is involves a journey and some growth, right? Which is which is interesting. I like that that he pairs with tech in the aspect that he feels these motions, he just exhibits them differently or pushes yeah. them so far down until they finally explode. Like he's not like tech per se in certain ways, mentally, emotionally, but he also doesn't know how to voice what he feels. Mm-hmm. And then Nolan finds that out to his peril. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hoping we get more crosshair. I'm hoping he's not just in danger, although damsel in distress crosshair is pretty funny. <laughs> Especially if yeah. Omega saves him. I would be totally <laughs> here for that. <laughs> yes. But still, they're just fantastic episodes. So many good moments. I really loved that eerie horror movie quality we got with the Zillow mm-hmm. baby, just like absolutely murdering everyone on his transport yeah. ship. Like, ooh, this is going to be a good episode when we start with a bunch of murders. And then, of course, Love Crosshair and Mayday. Their very short but meaningful relationship was just something I didn't know I needed from Crosshair, but definitely did. Them just, like, snuggling in the snow, trying to keep warm was super sad, but also just leads to this catharsis for Crosshair. He's sitting there, like, shivering. His helmet's broken, and he doesn't know if he's going to be alive, let alone this other guy he's trying to keep alive. He hasn't felt kinship with the other clones since he left his brothers in the Bad Batch. And then Mayday doesn't know him, saves him a bunch of times, and then is very honest with him about what the Empire is, what they're doing. 
And Crosshair hasn't had that in a long time. So he finally finds this simpatico person only to have him ripped away. Like, wow. Rude. Yeah. Very rude band of brothers. I mean, bad batch. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I um, I absolutely loved the shot in uh, the Zillow Beast episode when the Imperials are taking the villagers away. That just stuck with me with, like, this is a cartoon, and we just witnessed the Empire completely abduct that entire town. Yeah. And, like, for a second, I was like, ooh, a commando. Like, yay, I know them. And then I was like, oh, oh, that commando's helping round up a town. Like, it, like, that, that moment of excitement led to, oh, this is horrifying. And, like, that moment has stuck with me, and I think that was really well done in the episode just to highlight, like, the Empire not only doesn't care that they let this monstrous beast le- loose on a planet with people they're like yeah we'll take an entire town to cover it up we don't yeah. care it's just we know that the empire is evil but sometimes when you just see the the petty depths they'll go to it's oh man it, it was well done uh in that episode and obviously just crosshair i just have to shout out crosshair i love him his episode was amazing mm-hmm yes crosshair yes (laughs) shocking yeah and d bradley baker's performance is fantastic yes so so good so for me i think one of my favorite moments was definitely realizing that it was in fact the zillow beast like at Mm -hmm. first i was kind of the way that they were doing like the unseen bit and the way it was shot made me wonder if that shuttle was hauling rathars that was my first thought too and then i see it and it's this little thing and i'm like is wait is that are they are they paying that yes yes they are oh my god they're doing the thing yes yes <laughs> do the thing yes and then oh just the satisfying nature of seeing crosshair just have it up to here with nolan's bullshit yes <laughs> and taking him out awesome oh, you could just see it too in his face the animation on crosshair's face just in really that moment well done. i was like oh he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and oh, then he so shot good. first, and we all clapped. <laughs> Everyone loved that. Guarantee everybody was happy with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Next up, we have our Easter eggs, connections, callbacks, homages. Daniel, start us off with... So I talked about seeing a commando. I was so happy. We got to see RC1262, uh, a.k.a. Scorch. So he was a member of Delta Squad. They were a special clone uh, commando unit that we saw in the Clone Wars. Uh, They first appeared in the video game Republic Commando. Play that video game from 2005. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah, so it was really nice seeing someone that we know again, but it was not nice seeing him rounding up civilians. Mm -hmm. Scorch, I assumed better of you. (laughs) Yes. Next up, we have that little baby Zilla Beast. So the Zilla Beast, as we mentioned, first appeared in a season two arc of Clone Wars. It is from the planet Malastar. Those two episodes are called The Zilla Beast and The Zilla Beast Strikes Back. Yeah. After <laughs> after kind of waking up this creature and it's starting to try and climb out of a canyon, the planet's residents are determined to absolutely destroy it based on kind of their own folklore and legends, uh, despite the fact that it's probably the last of its kind. Which causes the Jedi and the clone troopers to kind of be like, eh, should we really do that? Like, that's that's not a good thing. 
the Republic does manage to capture it and get it back to Coruscant, where it escapes and goes on a King Kong rampage. Big time. Yes. <laughs> At the time, Dave Filoni actually kind of joked that maybe the Zillow Beast was actually just Force-sensitive, and it could tell that that Chancellor Palpatine was a Sith and was trying to warn the Coruscant residents, like, don't trust this man. Pay attention to me. <laughs> Let me eat him for the good of everyone. <laughs> But due to its energy-eating capabilities and its pretty much impenetrable skin, it became a very tantalizing and fascinating subject for Palpatine to study. So he ordered it, studied, and ultimately cloned in order to turn it into a weapon. Uh, also, Azilavis makes appearance in Lego <laughs> Star Wars All-Stars All on the planet Ord Talorum, uh, along with the earliest timeline appearance of ROGR, Roger Roger. I love Roger. I need to find out if there is a Lego Zillow Beast anywhere available for purchase. Daniel, I think you need it. I think it's calling to you. It is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, next. I loved this imagery also. The ice vulture from Crosshair's episode. It appears in a few key moments in the episode and is directly linked to Crosshair's development. Makes us think about Morai and her bond with Ahsoka Tano throughout her character journey. Love that it's a vulture, also a very solitary bird who is a carrion eater. Like, this is a bird that just waits, waits for its opportunity to strike, very much like Crosshair as the sniper. And just as the loner. Yeah. Like, poor Bean, he's out by himself. But he gets to leave Nolan's body, maybe, <laughs> for the ice vulture to munch on. That could be a happy time. That would be a satisfying end for him. At least he's put mm -hmm. some use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so as we alluded to earlier, uh, the Zillow Beast going around that ship, it felt like the Xenomorph from Ridley Scott's Alien. Absolutely. Like the, the fact that it is that there is a planet Wayland in this episode, that's just perfect. I know that was the name already in, in Legends and stuff, but Come on, that is so perfect. It made me so happy. Alien like just, probably oh. came first. Oh yeah, yeah. I would think so. Alien, man. Alien came yeah. first, and then um, Wayland. I know was was a planet in Legends too, but the fact that we we had that planet in this episode yeah. is just so perfect. Um, that that chestburster scene from Alien traumatized me as a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah, just horrifying. Um, and that's why I've never gone back and watched it again because, holy shit, so scary. I think I was actually. I think I actually. It didn't. It definitely bothered me, but it didn't bother me as much because I saw Spaceballs first. Yeah, I did too. I saw Spaceballs <laughs> first, but that scared so, me in Spaceballs. Spaceballs <laughs> also scared me. So when I saw it in Spaceballs, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So mm -hmm. I hate that moment in Spaceballs. The actors all do, too, because they yeah. did not know that that was going to happen. Ridley Scott yeah. rigged it to go. So John Hurt knew what was going to happen, but none of the other actors did. So yeah. all of their responses are real. Just, yeah, because it's horrifying. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> Just terrible. Ugh. All right. Stop thinking about xenomorphs because they are terrifying. Next, we're going into the royalty in the cast. Emery Carr's voice actress is Keisha Castle-Hughes. And she is a Star Wars alum. She previously played the new Queen of Naboo in Revenge of the Sith during Padme's funeral scene. <laughs> More sadness every yeah. time. <laughs> so something that, you know, didn't make me sad, though, 
was the voice actor for Hemlock. It's Jimmy Simpson. Uh, you might know him from Westworld or the way that I know him uh, first off is he is Liam McPoyle from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Insane that he is now in Star Wars. Uh, it's <laughs> fantastic. For it. He does. And I would love to see him in live action because you know what? If you're a voice actor, you can come to live action. It's fine. Um, so he, the doctor gets this name from a deadly plant where even a small amount of hemlock can kill a person. Uh, and that's how Socrates took his own life by drinking some hemlock. So hemlock maybe stay the fuck away from Crosshair. Next up, we have another voice actor from the DC multiverse. So shouts to our friends Shamar and Andrew over at yet another DC animated podcast. Crispin mm-hmm. Freeman, who voiced the loathsome Lieutenant mm-hmm. Nolan, is mm-hmm. also the voice of Roy Harper slash Red Arrow over on the criminally underrated Young Justice. Give us season five, HBO, damn it. <laughs> um, so I have not seen Young Justice, but I do remember Roy Harper annoying me on Arrow when I watched live action Arrow. So even more reason for me to hate Lieutenant Nolan. Oh, Roy was cool on Arrow. I liked him. Maybe I didn't maybe, watch far enough. Yeah, maybe he got. Oh bad. yeah, in the beginning, no, not so much. Once he once he really gets into the Red Arrow persona and goes for it, it's good. Yeah. You can do Still, that. fuck you, Nolan. <laughs> if you take anything from this episode, everyone, it is fuck Nolan. All right, next we have Lama Sue lives. We thought this guy was seriously toast from last season. In the last season's finale, Lamasu was cornered in his office with some clone troopers when the door kind of creaked shut. And we never heard the shots, but we pretty much assumed that he was executed. No, he was just taken away and thrown in jail to marinate for a while until Mm -hmm. he could be useful again. (laughs) So we did get a little bit of Rebels callback from Crosshair and Mayday trying to survive in the snow. Uh, in the Rebels episode, The Honorable Ones, Zeb and Callus are trapped on an icy moon, and Callus is forced to face some uncomfortable truths about the Empire. That is a fantastic episode, and also the start of a wonderful love story. What? Yeah, it's a what? great first date for them. Really? Yeah. I mean, enemies yeah. to lovers. Who doesn't love that trope? <laughs> And then another little Rebels connection here, being out of uniform. So Nolan chastises Crosshair for being out of uniform, meaning he isn't wearing his helmet. Uh, Sabine Wren is told something very similar in Rebels when she's infiltrating an Imperial base in order to see the clones or then the stormtroopers or pilots or whoever it's going to be as expendable. Those in charge don't want to see their faces because they don't want to think about the fact that they're people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just give them a number and ship them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have names. <laughs> yeah, you're TK whatever. Yeah. That's right. All right, getting into a couple of other discussion points. So we've got another little notch here in the arc of replacing the clones. We've been seeing this transition happening since last season, and it's been a slow burn, but it's been really every episode where they've kind of touched on it does tend to be one of the more powerful ones, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And here we have another clone finally saying, enough we get the line in this episode we're good soldiers we followed orders for what the clones have actually outlived their original purpose so where the fuck do they go now i mean we know what happens most of them get retired some of them work with training the stormtroopers it's just really sad what happens to the clones how they're used i do love that we're seeing their demise through crosshair though it wouldn't make sense to have 
the Bad Batch be embroiled in this situation, especially with all the Empire's crimes going on, because they're not there to see it all. Yeah. Putting Crosshair at the center is just perfect. We'd love to see a stoic man have a breakdown, and it is just perfect in this episode. I don't I don't know about you guys, but his agony by the end of the episode was just so powerful to me. Yeah. Mainly mm-hmm. because he knows he put his faith and trust in the wrong cause, and he's been denying this for so long. And he just wanted to fit in. That's mm-hmm. all he wanted. He just wanted yeah. a place to do yeah. what he does. He tried to sit and... with those guys in the lunchroom yeah. in the mess hall. And they moved because he's not one of them. So this makes me concerned. I know that (laughs) uh, in previous lore, there were clone rebellions that happened. And so there have been little hints that maybe this might happen. The like the more it goes on, though, the more I don't want it to happen, just because I Mm -hmm. know it's going to end so badly. Yeah, they'll be crushed. They'll be absolutely crushed. And we know that, you know, by the time of Obi-Wan, we see clone troopers homeless on the streets. We see clone troopers living out in the middle of nowhere, like Rex and uh, the boys in Rebels (laughs) and all that, you know, living off stipends, but they have to live in the ass end of nowhere. I'm really concerned. Like it's, it feels like one is coming, a small one, but I just know it's going to go so badly. And I'm worried about the cost if that happens. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, very small revolution in Les Mis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's gonna make a <laughs> statement, but uh, then we're gonna move on. Right. Exactly. All right. Next up, we have the Zilla Beast and the concept of metamorphosis. So the episode title could be referring to the Zilla's literal growth spurt and the way it mm-hmm. very much changes throughout the episode, but it's possible here it's more about Palpatine's plans coming to fruition. He mm-hmm. will eventually become a clone himself and seemingly seems kind of more powerful in that state than in his original body, even though the body itself isn't that strong. Mm-hmm. So what are they doing with the Zillow Beast? Is Palpatine interested in using it as part of his own cloning process? Can he like splice some genes with him and make himself stronger? They're mm-hmm. going to very great lengths in Star Wars television to try and have Rise of Skywalker make sense. So while we weren't necessarily fans of the concept, at least not its execution in that movie, the concept mm-hmm. of Palpatine being a clone had been around yeah. for years through the the Legends canon um, and the idea of kind of essence transfer. I am, I'm going to give myself a short little window here, but I'm going to go <laughs> on a mini rant. Oh my God. The idea of him coming back as a clone could have been okay if we seeded it through stuff like this beforehand. And then if maybe it was a plot point across seven and eight, I don't know, having a little bit of foresight here, guys. I mean, (laughs) we're getting some good stories. We are Mm -hmm. getting some good stories out of this with, you know, season two of Mando, where we find out that Grogu's blood is being used and they're doing some cloning processes we're finding out the backstories of Tantus here. And, you know, we're, we're finding out the things that are going on. There's good ideas. And like in Obi-Wan, we find out they're keeping all the bodies of those yeah. Jedi. Are we studying those? They're seeding all these good ideas that could have been great if they had been leading up to something. Right. 
And it's like, cool, Bob Iger. Thank you for saying that you're going to have a plan and be more measured going forward. But we could have used that back when you bought Star Wars for four billion fucking dollars. We're not doing this now, Daniel. <laughs> We're not doing it. We have like that an hour my, and a half. That was my rant, this. and 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 I'm done. And I'm I done. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good rant. I like that they brought back the Zillow Beast just because I love whenever Star Wars does environmentalism. Yes. And bringing back Zillow in that aspect when now that the one was destroyed in Clone Wars, this one actually, even if it's a clone, might might actually be the last one. Yeah. So it's just a very sad. It was it's very Doctor Whovian to me. I've been <laughs> watching it a lot. Yes. Anders. And Doctor Who is a big proponent of saving creatures especially if they're innocent like zillabies is innocent he's just trying to eat just trying to live his life he's not a malevolent being so you can find a planet somewhere where you can drop it and let it exactly just Just download the zillow app yeah find yourself a home (laughs) i i am about to leave this zoom (laughs) and with that We are going to head into our final questions and predictions. I don't know if Zillow is going to survive this, guys. I just have to put that right up there at the top. Um, Question about Hemlock. Do we think he's going to try and use Crosshair to lure the rest of the Bad Batch to Mount Tantus? Because he could find out from Crosshair that Omega is with them. I don't know if Crosshair would immediately fold. I think it would have to be a major torture situation. And even then, he might not. But then Nala, say, would probably be like, oh, well, he's probably with the Bad Batch, I suppose. It's just very frustrating that Crosshair is trapped now. Like, how are they going to get a hold of the Bad Batch to try and lure them there? I just, like we said before, I think this is heading toward a Mount Tantus showdown. I'm just not sure how they're going to get there. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't. I, this is definitely heading towards a Mount Tantus showdown. I don't know how like actively yeah. involved Crosshair is going to be in the planning of that. Like I could see, I could see them trying to like kind of brainwash him or whatever to be the one to go get Omega, mm-hmm. but that seems like overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Whereas they could just hire a bounty hunter or two, and then it's just going to be like they have to go and rescue Omega, and it just so happens that Crosshair is also there. Oh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm worried that they're going to winter soldier him or something because, like, he is too useful to, like, he's too useful of an asset to just let go. Like, he is too good of a sniper. He's too good of a soldier. But you've just learned that he is losing his faith in the Empire. He just gunned down his superior officer. I'm afraid they're going to try and, I know they've already worked on the control chip before, but, like, are they going to try and rewire it entirely? Give them a new one? Uh, I mean, they had that clone assassin that was sent out that Rex had to deal with earlier in the season. Are they going to try oh, and do something like true. that to him? Oh, that's like, true. I, I forgot about that. I'm format. worried. Yeah, I'm worried they're going to do something like that to Crosshair. Mm-hmm. And that's going to either they're going to have to put Crosshair down or he's going to join up with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, because yeah. they were, yeah, I think he's going to be, 
I would see him being more as like a plaything or research. Like they really want to study his genetic genetic anomalies and mutations. Mm -hmm. Uh, but oh, I forgot about that clone assassin. Ooh, yeah. Crosshair could be the one to go. Oh, there's <sighs> so many avenues they could take, which I like. Yeah, it's gonna keep yeah, us guessing. They've got us guessing, and that's yeah. that's good. I don't want to just be like, oh, this is very clear what's gonna happen. Right. So now they have they have Crosshair. They're going after Omega. So we got the shout out to Rex and Echo. So we know that they're going to be brought back in. So -hmm. it seems like this final stretch of episodes will ultimately center on Mount Tantus and potentially be a rescue mission. It's a little bit of a retread. I think like it's exactly what happened last season. They had to go back to a rescue mission, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll allow it. seems like it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. There's got to be booby traps all over that damn mountain. (laughs) <laughs> Anytime the batch has to infiltrate a heavily occupied enemy fortress, like hell yes, that's amazing. I love <laughs> it. Okay, yeah, so let's do that for the final episodes. I'm absolutely in on it. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, so okay, so we've got two more eps and then the two part finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we'll we'll get. I think we'll get some closure with Sid. Yeah, before the I end. Think so too. That's going to come mm-hmm. to a head. <sighs> the last two, I it's just going to be a devastator again. It really is. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm. I'm not ready. I'm worried. Yeah, I'm very. Things worried. are not going to go well. In the uh... best way, things will not go well. Yeah. yeah. And then my last question here, guys: What do you think happened to the residents of that town? Did the Death Star just get some new construction workers? They're dead. Um, yeah, I think they're dead. I, I think they're gone because they didn't want them to like they didn't want them to see the Zillow Beast, but they already had. So they had to be taken away. If they put them in prison, they can tell people they can yeah. like it's unless they're going somewhere where they're confined for the rest of their lives with no one else from outside. They're dead. They're dead. Yeah. And they got uh, shot into a sun or something. Yeah, you know what I I think they've done a good job of, even even though it's animation, even though there are helmets on, there are moments when they focus on the clones and just the way that they like their body language as they move around and look at stuff. You can tell that the, like the discomfort in it. Yeah, oh, to yeah. me, it felt like Scorch was uncomfortable standing there on that transport, looking around at what he was doing. Right, because. The clones are soldiers. They've talked about it. That's what they are. Yep. They're not, you know, they're not meant to be rounding up civilians. Like, no. this isn't what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, they're not executioners. They're not guards for uniform parts. They're not yeah. people who do inventory. Like, this is a terrible use of them. You can get regular people that join the Imperial military and you can feed them the propaganda bullshit that'll mm-hmm. get them to to buy into this stuff. And that's eventually right. what you know why they move to these soldiers. You can't do that with the clones. Like it's not the same. So no. yeah, it's just oh. I mean, they were probably hoping the clones would die at the outpost anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's what the Empire wants most of all. Just let them die off like wherever they can. Yeah. The less money they have to spend on them, the better. Oh yeah, exactly. One of the guys that were there at the outpost that came later, that were technically 
Nolan's men, they looked mm-hmm. really uncomfortable with everything that was happening to. Yeah. Like when he's like, no, no medical attention. They were kind of like, uh, so I think... Hans and Guildenstern in the background, like, uh, yeah. I think at that <laughs> point, cool. though, it's because they're still so close to the end of the Clone Wars where like these guys might have fresh memories yeah. of clones helping on their planets or or they know about the clones being the heroes of the republic they're still close enough in age to all that where yeah. they know what the clones did yeah. so there's still some guilt about it a couple of years from now when you've got some fresh young uh faces in like uh nemic r.i.p <laughs> to our boy from andor yeah like you get a nemic age recruit in there he doesn't remember the clone wars no like ezra yeah. ezra doesn't know Ezra yeah. doesn't know shit. Yeah, no, so Ezra if you stumble across some... yeah. yeah, he doesn't so know. If you know. stumble across <laughs> some clones that uh gotta go, all right, <laughs> fine. I'm not worried about it. You really God, are. Not. That's also Ugh. All right, guys. I hate the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you all for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit that follow button. Give us a five-star review. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars film, some other great Star Wars content. Uh, you can check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family over at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Colleen and I over on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can find Daniel over there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where we covered the Bad Batch Season 1. You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews over on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And join us next time. Later this week, we will look at the newest episode of The Mandalorian. Then we'll be back in a couple weeks with The Bad Batch as the next couple arcs finish up and we head towards that finale. But until then, remember to lock down that Zillow cage. Like, really, like, mm. bolt it in. Steal it up. <laughs> it's a raptor. Batteries nearby, <laughs> nothing plugged in. Right. Maybe flip off the breakers yeah. around there. Even Nedry knew not to let out the raptors. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yes. And for real, bring a med kit when you go on a mission. Mm. For real. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.